Welcome to Slapshot Podcast, episode number 43. I'm your host, Chris Romarez. Thank you for being here. Thank you for hanging out with me. Welcome and happy Friday to you. It is not Friday when you're listening to this. Happy whatever day of the week it is. Glad you could be there. Glad you made it that far. I'm excited about today's episode. I know we said we do one every second week, which was originally my plan. But, I mean, I couldn't pass up an opportunity to talk about Jack Eichel going from the Buffalo Sabres to the Vegas Golden Knights. That's right. If you live under a rock, have no idea what happened. Let me bring you up to speed here. The Buffalo Sabres and Las Vegas Golden Knights came to a deal. That's right. It's not every day you see this, but hey, the saga of Jack Eichel in Buffalo is over. It's done. It's done with. It's done. We don't have to worry about it anymore. We don't have to talk about it every every day about worrying about, you know, the Buffalo Sabres organization not letting the player do what he wants to do and Jack Eichel just being like, "Can you get me out of this dump, please? Can I just get out of Buffalo?" Again, my apologies to the good people of Buffalo. I mean, man, It's just not it for me. I'm sorry. I am sorry. I I don't enjoy your city. I've been bottom tier city for me. Bottom tier. And again, I'm sorry. But I had someone's look. Somebody's got to say it. Okay. Somebody's got to say it. Uh, Jack Eichel and a conditional third round pick in 2023. Uh, It's conditional. There's some conditional stuff there don't worry about it very much uh traded to vegas for alex tuck peyton curbs a conditional 2022 first round pick and a conditional 2023 second round pick so the condition of the picks going back to buffalo a is it is it is top 10 protected so if vegas for whatever reason gets a top 10 pick this year in the draft coming up in 2022 they will push that pick back to 2023 in the first round then it becomes unprotected uh if that pick the the condition on the 2023rd right second round pick is if that first round pick is pushed back then the second rounder goes to 2024 that's basically the conditions of what it is in short i mean jack eichel is going for a, a good alex tuck a prospect in Peyton Curbs and a first and a second round pick. There were some rumors, right? Kevin Weeks dropped an absolute bomb before this trade, right? Happened. Absolute bomb. Saying that the Calgary Flames were in it. And from the understanding around others is that this was true. They were of odd. But here's here's what that rumored, right, like, trade was, right? Uh, It would have been Matthew Kachuk, right? An upcoming first round pick, a former first round pick, and two prospects for Eichel. Now, if that was remotely true in any way, a million percent Buffalo takes that deal, which makes me believe that that was not the case. If you anytime you have Matthew Kachuk on the table, right, a first round pick in this season, 
a prospect who was a first-round pick. Like, up until now, it's about equal, right? Kachuk, first-round pick, former first-round pick. By the way, Alex Tuck was a former first-round pick, right? And then two prospects, right? I, I consider Peyton Curbs to be a prospect. He was also a first-round pick. Uh, but it just, like, it, it hasn't... it. Like it hasn't, he's played a total of 13 NHL games. So it just, it, it hasn't worked for him. He hasn't gotten to where uh, he needs to be yet. So he's, again, lots of time for him to develop. He's 20, okay? So let's give him a moment. Um, but the other two prospects is, if this was in any way remotely true, I think Buffalo takes it. I don't think that deal was presented. I think maybe that's what Buffalo wanted, but that's not what happened here. So, before we break down Eichel, like Alex talked to me as a good player. Again, another former first round pick, right? Back in 2014 in the Minnesota Wild. He's 25 years old. By the way, I found out he's from Syracuse, New York. I did not know this heading into that uh, because he had then made a statement saying, hey, he it was his dream to play in Buffalo. And I was like, that can't be anybody's dream. Can't be. And then I found out he's from Syracuse. And I said, okay, that makes sense. Um, Alex Tuck here, here's here's a couple of things for him. Like, he's hurt right now. So this is, you know, it's tough. He signed a long-term deal, okay, out of his three-year deal, entry-level deal. He signed seven years, 33 and a quarter mil. So it's about just shy of $5 million. He's a good player. He is. I think maybe he got buried in Vegas a little bit. Like, the Golden Knights are a good hockey team, very good hockey team. And there just wasn't, I guess enough space for him because he he did score 20 goals, right? 2018, 2019, he had 20 goals, 52 points. That's a pretty good season. Pretty good season for at the at that time was what? 20-year-old? 21-year-old? It it hasn't been the same for him since. Right? And again, going to Buffalo doesn't necessarily make your career any better, but I think maybe giving him the opportunity right, to play with some pretty good players in the future that are coming, right? Not like Kyle Oposo is a good player or anything, right? Like, let's, I, I know, pump the brakes there. Pump the brakes. I know. I know. Some of you are laughing. I said, I did. I said good players in Buffalo, and they exist, okay? Players like Dylan Cousins and stuff. Like, there's, there's an opportunity here. Casey Middlestad, I think, is fine. Like, there's, there's a lot there, okay? There's a lot, but I think the opportunity for him to play top six minutes is going to be good and to regularly see it and regularly see power play time. It, there's there's lots of good things here for Alex Tuck. And again, it's the same thing for Peyton Curbs. We'll see you know, what he can become. As of now, it hasn't worked, but again... He's going to get an opportunity to play. It's up to him then to take that. And we'll see what those first-round picks become over time, right? First-round picks are a just kind of you know hit or miss here. And I know a lot of people say that, right? Because here was, here was something that was brought up, right? Like Vegas has traded a whole bunch of their first-round picks, right? Either picks or players who were taken by them for other other players, right? And the notion that you build through the draft and like Vegas has done none of that. Vegas has not built through the draft, okay? Of players, like they went through expansion and whatnot of their roster today, okay? 
they have four players on their roster who were claimed through expansion. Okay, these these numbers, by the way, all thanks to Cap Friendly, CapFriendly.com. Obviously, like round of applause for them for being able to keep up with this because I wouldn't. Okay, William Car- Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, those are the two. William Carrier, that's the third forward, and one defenseman, Braden McNabb. That's it. Everybody else has been either drafted, signed, or traded. Okay, and when you looked at the players that they have drafted, okay. Like, the four words, we don't even know them. Jonas Rogeberg and Jake Lishenich. I can't even say their names. Don't even worry about them. Uh, on defense, Nicholas Haig. That's it. That's all they've drained. Everything else has been through sign and trade. Everything else. They have signed the player or they have traded for one. And I thought that was an interesting thing. Because Vegas, to me, since they entered the league, they've been a contending team every year. And then you look at teams like the Arizona Coyotes, who, I mean, they would probably lose to an AHL roster right about now. They're 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 god awful. And I'm when I was when, when that's that when somebody had mentioned that that they had trade like they've traded a whole bunch and they reminded me of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Remember when the Penguins never had a pick in the first round for like so many years because they just kept winning, kept trading them, and they was fine. And they had players come up through the system or do things like they've never had to worry about that. And I thought that was interesting. I thought that was very, very interesting. That Vegas just keeps shipping their first-round picks or players who were drafted by them in order to get better, right? So one of their picks, right, Cody Glass, back in 2017, sixth overall pick. He was traded, recent, right, July 17th for Nolan Patrick, also a former first-round pick. So, I mean, you swap first-round picks, I think it's a scenario where two players, you know, change of scenery maybe helps. Hasn't happened much there yet, but still, you moved a former first-round pick in order to, you know, get another one. Fine. Fine. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. If you look at other first-round pick players that they've traded for, right, obviously we cannot forget I mean, I can't forget the deal, obviously, where they trade for Max Pacioretty, right? Who do they trade? Nick Suzuki. Nick Suzuki, by the way, former first first round pick, 13th overall in 2017, right? They acquire Max Pacioretty going the other side. And then I, th- I think it was what, the year after or not even in the same, no, sorry, year after 2019, right? They trade for Mark Stone and they ship Eric Brandstrom the other way, right? Eric Brandstrom. First round pick, 2017. They ship him the other way. And now with Peyton Curbs, right? Another first round pick, 2019, for Jack Eichel. So they have, here's what they've done. They've traded picks, a bunch of picks and whatnot. Basically, they've traded first round pick players in some capacity for, um, what's his face? Nolan Patrick, what's his face? <laughs> Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, who is now their captain, and Max Pacioretty. Okay. Let's not even discredit yet some of the other players that they've traded for that have worked out well. I'm going to talk about Chandler Stevenson. Chandler Stevenson was a nobody, a nobody in Washington. And say what you want about him. I mean, he was traded for a fifth round pick. 
fifth round pick. Chandler Stevenson has done very, very well here. He's done very, very well. For what he is, he had 35 points in a shortened season. That's not terrible. For a fifth round pick, you could do a lot worse, man. He's got, as of this point right now, November 5th, he's got 10 points in 10 games. So again, say what you want about him. It's gone pretty well. We don't even talk about Alec Martinez in 2020, the year after. They trade two second-round picks for him. Alec Martinez now is a shot-blocking king in Vegas. Huge part of that defense, right? They traded to go get Shea Theodore. These are all part of the deals at the expansion. I know they say they weren't expansion picks, but they were basically deals that were put on the table or trades that were made for things to happen, right? But they added... I mean, Shea Theodore to that. That's a big ad there, right? They've gone out and they've signed Alex Petrangelo. Say what you want about the money. They got Robin Leonard for free, basically, from Chicago. Remember that deal? It's turned out pretty well. There's a lot of, like, Vegas has gone through. If I mean, think about this way. If I told you, in hindsight being perfect 2020, obviously, that you would trade Nick Suzuki, right, Brandstrom, okay, and Peyton Curbs, along with some other picks and maybe some players. For Max Pacioretty, Mark Stone, and Jack Eichel, you would take it all day, every day, wouldn't you? That's essentially what they've done here. They've gone out and they've acquired pure talent, right? Pure talent. Mark Max Pacioretty, one of the better shooters in the NHL. Mark Stone, one of the better overall players in the NHL. Jack Eichel, superstar player. They've gone out and they've acquired these players via trade. They've also got a top-tier goalie. Their defense is really good. I mean, if that top nine can kind of figure itself out, this is a really good hockey team on paper. Now, obviously, Pacioretty, Stone, and Eichel are hurt. Eichel, we're not going to see this year, okay? Jack Eichel, the big thing here, obviously, we knew was him feuding with the Buffalo Sabres about what procedure he's going to get. The Vegas Golden Knights have already come out and said, hey, we're going to let him do the artificial disc replacement, which is what his medical team has said they want to do. We respect it. We're going to do it. I'm not a doctor. I have no idea between, you know, artificial disc and spine fusion, neck fusion surgery or whatnot. I don't know. I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to play one. All I know is the player wanted to do one. It's unproven to this point is my understanding. I don't know what it's going to be like for Jack coming back, but long-term it's better for his health, which is, again, what I understand. And if that's what the player wants to do, Vegas Golden Knights were more than comfortable looking at his medical records going, all right, we'll do it. And here we are. Now, I mean, Kelly McCrimmon has a lot of work to do because as of today, no team has a higher cap hit in the NHL than the Vegas Golden Knights now. Okay? No team. They have they have uh, $27 million sitting on LTIR. So it's going to be a task here for McCrimmon to try to figure out how we're going to fit all that money under the cap once everybody's healthy. But that's a good problem to have, right? That's a really good problem to have, to try to work talent into it under a salary cap. It is what it is. Some players are probably going to have to move out of that lineup. Thinking about Riley Smith, right, pending UFA. Braden McNabb, pending UFA as well. There's a lot of things that need to happen. But the window, I think, in Vegas is slowly getting to a point where they're going to run out. And they're not going to be able to win anymore and dominate at this pace. They're not going to be able. 
at one point, Shea Theodore is going to need some money. He is, right? And, I mean, Max Pacioretty is coming up on his contract. He's got two more years there. Does he want a little bit more money? Probably. Right? You have a lot of the pieces signed here. You do. But, again, I think at one point their window closes. It has to. Like, they literally walked into the NHL and made it to the Stanley Cup Finals. Like, who does that? Nobody. Nobody does that. That's wild to think about this team. Other teams have been rebuilding for 25 years. Vegas just walked into the NHL and said, not a problem. Hey, welcome in. Glad to be here. Glad to hang out. So again, on paper, Vegas has made a lot of great deals. And they've picked up a lot of great players. And again, for this season, I don't think, you know, Jack Eichel's recovery time, whenever his surgery happens, is three to five months. So in fantasy hockey, just as I had stated back in September, you don't draft Jack Eichel. You don't worry about him. You don't take a flyer on him. He's not coming back. I personally thought this feud would go on a lot longer with Buffalo. I really did. It didn't. I'm glad they were able to get a deal done. Now he gets his surgery. We're November, okay? Three months is a short time. So let's go. We're, we're beginning of November. So let's go December, January, February. Maybe you get him for March. April is five months, okay? April is the fifth month out of that point. If you're in a redraft league in fantasy hockey, don't worry about him, right? Because, again, you're not. If you're in a keeper league, you want to trade. If you were in a keeper league, you either, A, probably kept him, stashed him on your long-term IR if you have a spot, right? Injuries have been terrible this year. So, I mean, choices probably had to be made at some point. But if he's there, you're in a keeper league, you're not in it right now. You see your team is kind of struggling, dynasty league as well. Go ahead. You can grab him if whatnot. But I, I don't think he is going to play this season, Jack Eichel. It would surprise me, like, it would shock my mind if he played this season. It would. I think he's just going to be ready to play next season. And that is and that is what it is, right? He's due big money as well in 2022-2023. Vegas on the hook there for $7.5 million in signing bonus. So they got to, you know, that's the last of the signing bonus as well. So I think that probably played a role in, you know, Buffalo is probably going to figure this out this year no matter what. They probably would have liked to have figured it out last season, but that's not what happened because they paid out money last year. But overall, this is a great deal for the Vegas Golden Knights. This makes an already very good team even better, right? You imagine your top line, Jack Eichel in the middle, Pacioretty on one side, Mark Stone on the other. That's a heck of a combo. And then your second line can still be pretty good. William Carlson, Jonathan Marcheseau, whoever else you want to plug in there. Top six. Once the top six gets healthy, fine. Once it gets healthy, you'll be okay. Nolan Patrick in there. Maybe you move Chandler Stevenson to the wing. Their top nine is fine. Their top nine is going to be absolutely fine once they're healthy. And we're not even talking about players like Will Carrier, Genny Dodonov, Matthias Janmark, assuming you know some of these players are still around here. We don't know what's going to happen with this team. Right now, they look banged up on paper, and that's fine. They are. They're banged up. They're in a really banged up situation. Defensively, I think this team is one of the better defensive teams in the league. And in goal, they should be fine. Robin Leonard's going to be fine. As they get healthy, if they can survive this year, Vegas, if they can survive, 
okay? Get to the playoffs. Maybe we see Jack Eichel make it to the playoffs. You imagine a healthy team where the salary cap no longer matters. Pull out a Tampa Bay Lightning card. Jack Eichel shows up game one of the playoffs. Can you imagine? You imagine the hype in Vegas? You imagine? Bro, that would be lit. I'd be excited for them. I'm excited for them. I'm excited to watch this team play hockey. They're a really good hockey team. And now they add an even bigger piece to their lineup. It's a shame that they're not healthy right now. The question of whether they make the playoffs is, you know, is big out there. But again, looking at this from the other side, for the Buffalo Sabres, man, it is what it is. I think you got the best package you could. And the fact that they didn't have to retain any money is probably the big win for them. Because I'm sure there were a lot of teams trying to get in there and say, hey, man, we need, you know, Let's work out the money. Working out the players is one thing, but now in the NHL, as we've seen, like you can be a Vezina Trophy winner and they'll trade you for nothing so they can get you off the cap because it's about money, right? Getting all this to work. And I'm sure Buffalo didn't want to retain anything in that deal and put themselves in bad financial spot. Now, granted, the Buffalo Sabres have the uh, lightest cap hit of any team in the NHL right now, right? No team has a lower projected cap hit than the Buffalo Sabres. Um, They have $15 million free up. Buffalo does not a team that spends to the cap. The Pagulas are billionaires, but they're not spending to the cap. And this roster gives them no reason to spend to the cap. No reason. Buffalo's now not out here to win games. They're winning some games, right? They're doing a pretty good job. Uh, But I think even the most realistic of human beings do not expect the Buffalo Sabres to be a playoff team. They're 5-4-1 as of today, and they've they've done pretty well. Look, give them some credit, okay? Give the Buffalo Sabres some credit. I don't know how they got here. We Nobody knows. But as of today, again, November 5th, the Buffalo Sabres have just as many goals as the Tampa Bay Lightning, 30 in 10 games. They have allowed five fewer goals than Tampa Bay, let me remind you, Dustin Sikarski and Craig Anderson are the goalies in Buffalo. Um, they have scored three more goals than the Toronto Maple Leafs, and the Toronto Maple Leafs have played an extra game. They've also allowed fewer goals than Toronto, three fewer goals. They have a positive goal differential, so they score more goals than they give up. I mean, shit. We're talking about the Buffalo Sabres. They're, they are one point behind Tampa Bay in the very, very early standings. The Fuller Panthers seem like they're going to run away with the Atlantic. Shock. Truly shocking to me. I thought they would be good. I didn't think they'd be 9-0-1, scoring 41 goals, absolutely tearing apart teams and only giving up 22 with a goalie named Sergei Bobrovsky as the starter. Did not think that was going to happen. Did not think so. I was not a Sergei Bobrovsky backer, which is why... I knew they were going to run him out there a lot. That hurt Spencer Knight's value. We haven't seen Spencer Knight as often as probably, you know, fantasy owners would like. Um, but that Atlantic division, again, all up for grabs. All up for grabs. There are three points separating the Detroit Red Wings and the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, some teams have played fewer games. The Bruins have only played eight. The Maple Leafs and Red Wings have played 11. The Habs have played 12. Let's not talk about them. They're not very good. So, Again, a lot of things going on there. 
with Jack Eichel. Good for him. Good for the Buffalo Sabres for, I guess, getting what they can. Very good for Vegas. I just wanted, that's what we wanted to start off with here, talking about that here. Here's here's the second part that we're going to talk about, and that is the Cole Caulfield earlier in the week was demoted to the AHL after a disastrous West Coast swing. The Montreal Canadiens go out West, they suck. And, well, I guess it was time. Look, there was a lot of hype on Cole Caulfield. A lot of hype. You know, when Trevor Zegras is, treat, is tweeting out that, you're, you know, that you have him pinned for 40 goals and he's the dead-on favorite to win, you know, rookie of the year, seeing what he did in the playoffs. When all that comes to, like, when you're being put on that high of a pedestal to start, right? Like, it can be a task. It can really be a task. And it's hard in Montreal. It's it's really hard for the Montreal Canadiens right now. They got steamrolled by the New York Islanders. The New York Islanders are a good team. They don't necessarily uh, scream uh, goal scoring. So when you score six, that's definitely an issue here. So Cole Caulfield has played, right, up to that point, he had played 10 games. Okay, He's got one assist. He's got one assist, he's got 22 shots on goal. 22 shots in 10 games, not enough for Cole Caulfield. Not when you're a pure goal scorer. Not enough. You can get a lot more out of him. And it hasn't been the case. Hasn't. But, again, am I okay with Cole Caulfield going to the AHL? 100% I am. I think that's the right move. I'm happy they did that. The rest of that team is going to survive whether or not. There's some players who are not picking up their big boy pants here. Right, and it's it can't be all Nick Suzuki's fault. He's got ten points in twelve games, by the way. He's on pace for sixty plus points. He's going to be fine. I'm looking straight at Christian Dvorak, by the way. You let Jesperi Kakanyemi walk, so you can get, you know trade a first round pick and a second round pick for Dvorak, and you've gotten one goal, five points, and a minus ten with twenty five shots on goal in twelve games. Okay, you're a minus ten. You're getting eaten alive. Now, again, if you care about that stat, fine. But Dvorak has been piss poor at best. David Savard looks lost. And the rest of that lineup is just not very good. It's not very good. You're not getting the contributions you need, right? 12 games into the season, Tyler Toffoli is two goals. Not going to cut it, my man. Not going to cut it. You got a lot of players in there who are paid to score goals. Jeff Petrie, he has two assists. He has 13 shots in 12 games. He's not out there to block shots. He's playing 24 minutes a night. What are you doing? That's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it. There's a lot of passengers right now on this team. A lot. So, again, I'm not necessarily mad. And I know some people freaked out laughing. Oh, look at him. They're sending him to the AHL. Yeah. Yeah. Let him develop in the AHL. Get, get him away you don't, here's the thing that a lot of people say. You don't go to the NHL to learn and get better, right? The NHL is a results-driven league. You learn in the AHL, and then you drive in the a, in, in the NHL. And we've seen a lot of players, by the way, go to the AHL, get better, and then come back. That's what they should have done with Yasperi Kakanyemi a long time ago. Okay? They didn't do it, and now look, he's somewhere else in the world on a one-year deal on an RFA. They should have done this 
a long time. In the 2019-2020 season, right? I mean, he went down to, to Laval. 13 points in 13 games. He probably should have started 2020-2021 there. But hey, neither here nor there, right? Neither here nor there for him. So, uh, we had spoke about him a little bit earlier. About a player who went to the AHL, perfected that craft, and then came back and became really good. And I know a lot of you don't know that. Why? Because was Max Patch ready? Montreal Canadiens could have easily screwed up this kid's career. Easily could have screwed it up. Didn't happen. It didn't happen. There was a part where he was in, in the right 2010-2011. Part where it like, didn't work out very well and whatnot. You know, wasn't kind of working. He look in, in twenty in oh nine twenty ten right. He had twenty four points in thirty seven games with the then Hamilton Bulldogs, which were the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. He had twenty four points thirty seven games. You know, sorry, he had fourteen points in fifty two games. Kind of wasn't working there. Went down to Hamilton. 11 points, 18 games, 2010, 2011, 24 points, not really working out for him. They send him back down to Hamilton. He scores 17 goals in 27 games there. And I remember the interview. He basically said, leave me here to play because he was not playing top six minutes in the NHL. And he basically said, hey, leave me here. Let me work on what I need to do. Let me get better so I can come back to the NHL and I'll be fine. Guess what? Year after that, he scores 30 goals. 33 goals, 65 points, 79 games. 2011-2012. He never returns to the AHL. Never. Right? Some seasons are a little bit more difficult. 2012-2013, if I remember correctly, lockout year. Right? And then after that, you just never... I mean, he was a consistent 30-goal scorer. 2013-2014, 39 goals. 2014-2015, 37 2015, 16, 30 goals. 2016, 27, 35. He scored 30 goals for, he had 35 plus in three of those four seasons. That was it. You never heard about Mark, Max Pacioretty. I mean, he wasn't going anywhere now, right? He was on a really team friendly deal. He struggled, right? Remember? 2017, 2018, struggled. And then, well, goes to Vegas, rest is history, right? Has it all been unicorns and butterflies for Max Pacioretty in Vegas? I mean, is he a 40-goal scorer? I don't know if he's there. I don't, I don't think we'll ever see Max Pacioretty the 40-goal scorer. He's probably a 30-35 goal scorer. That's about it. Healthy. Bar, like, health-wise, that's probably where he is. He was really good last season, by the way, in a shortened season. He had 24 goals in 48 games. We probably could have seen him on a 40-goal pace. Hey, it is what it is, right? And this season hurts himself. So he's 32. He's going to keep aging. He's not Alex Ovechkin. But the point here is that Cole Caulfield is of that same bracket, right? Cole Caulfield is a, a much smaller version of Max Pacioretty, right? Max Pacioretty is a very, very streaky player. When he gets hot, bro, you can't stop him. When he gets cold, oh, baby, ice cold. Ice. I'm talking none of it cold. Ekalowit cold, baby. White horse cold. Really, really cold. North of Alberta in January cold. 
you know? It's ice cold. It's not good. It's not. Let Cole Caulfield go down to the AHL and have some fun. He's 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 too good for the AHL. We know this. But I mean, the kid played what? Two games last season in the AHL? Like he went to the University of Wisconsin, tore it up. Okay? Played two games in Laval, had three goals and assists, came straight up. He was pretty good. He played 10 games, hit four goals in 10 games in 2020, 2021. And he was, you know, as a rookie in the playoffs, it is what it is. He's still 20 years old, by the way. Hit 12 points in 20 games. Not bad. Then he comes here, first big season in the NHL. All this pressure now is on this kid. It's not working, man. To me, the thing that's not working is the shots. When you're when you're a pure goal scorer, that's what Cole Caulfield is. Not a two-way forward, by the way, right? Pure goal scorers need to shoot the puck a lot. Two averaging about less than two and a half shots per game, not gonna cut it. Because you're not scoring at 50%, right? If you're an elite goal scorer, if you're scoring between seven and ten percent, you're doing okay. Upper 14, 15, like now you're getting into elite status. Can he get there? Sure, but let's give him a moment. Let's work into that, right, Cole? He's not shooting the puck enough. He's not seeing enough ice time. 14 minutes a game is not enough for a player of his caliber. Not enough. Not when you're running out Christian Dvorak. They're almost 20 minutes per game. 1909, and you're getting that kind of result? Not enough. Josh Anderson out there, 17 and a half minutes. Three goals in 12 games, not enough. You got a lot of players out there playing, moving, doing things, right? We need more from others, and we need to give Caulfield the opportunity. Let him grow, man. Go to the AHL and just torch the league. Torch it, right? Completely torch the existence of the AHL. Like, you don't have to be in the NHL where you don't necessarily... Look, is he happy? Probably not. Kid wants to win. Everywhere he's gone, he's been really good. And now he's here and it's kind of strong. I found it absolutely wild as well that Corey Perry, who I hated before becoming a Hab, now I miss him. What a what a time to be alive for me. Hated Corey Perry. Corey Perry's the first point, reaches out to him after he gets demoted. A player on another team reaching out. You know they had a bond. Or you know Corey Perry's taking care of him. Then he goes, moves on to something else. And now, I, I mean, is there a lack of leadership in the Habs room? Probably. No Carey Price, no Shea Weber, no Corey Perry, no Eric Stahl, no Philip. No, like, you lose a lot of character guys. It's kind of disappointing to know that somebody else on another team reached out to your prospect and said, hey, man, don't worry about it. You're going to have a long career. Go down there. Have some fun. Tear the league up. And in no time, you'll be back. And that's 100% true, by the way. 100% true. Let him go down. Let him have a little bit of fun in the AHL. This is where you can fine-tune your skills. The AHL, you're going to have a lot more time to do things, right? You're going to have the opportunity 
to work on stuff with different skill coaches. You're going to be on the ice a little bit longer. You can do things that you want. You can't do that in the, a, in, in the NHL. You can't do it. There's no time to learn in the NHL. In the NHL, it's all about coming here, being ready, being a professional, and delivering results. That's what it's about. So let Cole Caulfield go back. Leave him there as long as possible. Leave him there. If this season for the Habs doesn't turn around, don't call him up. So you know what, Cole? Stay there. Tear it up. I know. You're going to get an AHL paycheck, and that probably sucks, right? You get to pl- you have to play in Laval. Not as cool. You don't get to hang out with the boys, the big boys, the friends and stuff. I know that's tough. But go down there and dominate, bro. Tear it up. You'll see. You'll you'll worry a lot less. I know people are looking at his facial reaction. Ah, he's not happy to be. No, I wouldn't be happy to be in the AHL. That's not where he wants to be. He wants to be in the NHL dominating. He's not. You didn't see him on many you know many nights. That's not what you want. Let him go down there. Let him tear it up. Leave him there as long as possible. You have to play 20, 30, 40 games. Leave him there as long as possible. Let him average a, a, a goal per game. If he's got to play 30 games, he's got 30-some-odd goals, leave him there. Let him torch it up. So when he comes back to the NHL, kid's boosting with confidence, and he's going to play like one. And we can kind of take some of that pressure off him. Right? Because, again, he went to the University of Wisconsin, tore it up. Showed up at the AHL last year, tore it up. Hit three goals in two games. Not much, but he was called up immediately. Kid's living on cloud nine. He started at the University of Wisconsin, and now he's in the Stanley Cup final with the Montreal Canadiens. You don't think his confidence level through the roof? You also didn't need to count on Cole Caulfield last year when he came up. You didn't need to. He wasn't the guy who we were sourcing for offense. You had a lot of others around doing a lot of good things. Yeah, he ended up getting in the line, but there were so many other players who helped out. Now it's not the case. This is his team and Suzuki's team. It's their team. Those two are the future of this Habs franchise. It's them two. Everybody else is not going to be here at one point. The Gallaghers are getting are aging. The Jonathan Droids are still in their prime. It's, it, it is what it is, right? The Dvorak's and stuff. like Those players are not it. The Habs aren't an old group. But it's the driving force starts with Suzuki and Caulfield, which is why you made the moves that you made in the offseason. That's why you let Philip Deneau walk. Again, I stand by it, not giving him the money. But, I mean, the Montreal Canadiens are dead last in the face-off circle. And, I mean, I was told that Jake Evans, Ryan Paling were going to step up. That hasn't been the case. And, again, Christian Dvorak has been dog shit. So, you're losing a lot of centermen. I mean... We can keep going, right? You let Jesperi Kakanyemi walk, fine. It is what it is. Again, a double whammy because you thought Christian Dvorak could do something. And now it's all on, you know, Nick Suzuki. We know the face-off circle is not his strongest spot. We know that. He struggled in the playoffs that time. We saw, we used to, in that Vegas series, we saw Montreal lose face-off after face-off that ended up turning into a goal. So many of those. In the Toronto series, same thing as well. A lost face. I mean, at one point, Philip Deneau was on the ice for almost every faceoff. 
It was one player they counted on. Win the faceoff, get back to the bench, get the guy on the ice who needs to be there. That's what it was. There's a whole bunch of there, there's a whole bunch of things wrong with the Montreal Canadiens. But leaving Cole Caulfield in the NHL so we can what? Burn him and in a couple of years let him go somewhere else like we do all the other superstars? Right? I'm not saying that some of these players haven't earned it, right? But you keep losing players or developing them incorrectly. And then something happens and they go somewhere else, right? It's not normal that players like, you know, Alex Galchenyuk never developed into what they needed to be, right? Whether it's the player's fault, team's fault, whoever's fault it is, right? The same thing with Jesperi Kakanev. There's so many players that the Munchal Canadians draft that end up being nothing or they go on somewhere else. And I think this is an important time here for Mark Bergevin. He needs a, he needs a contract. Dominic Ducharme should have never got his deal. We know that. We've talked about it before. He's got it. But now he doesn't have the players who got him there anymore. Right? The Carey Price and the Shea Webbers of the world, they're not there anymore to bring him there. The Philip Deneaux are not there to carry the team here. This is a younger team, and they need some help. They don't necessarily have the veterans around to do it. They don't because you have, again, you have other players reaching out to your future star players saying, hey, kid, it's going to be fine. That's that's what I'm assuming the conversation was. Hey, man, don't worry about it. Corey Perry, which, by the way, we all know, was once a very, very good player, right? We know that. One of the best players to play in the NHL during his time. People forget that. People forget just how good. Corey Perry was. And he left because he got a two-year deal, which is fine. That's what he wanted. Corey Perry was very, very good, man. When he was in London, this guy was a beast. We know that. We know that. His last year in London, 0405, 130 points. He had 117 penalty minutes as well. Like we know what Corey Perry is. Right? In the Memorial Cup as well, if I'm not mistaken, he ended up beating they and the London Knights ended up beating out the Ramuski Oceanics, which is the team that Sidney Crosby was on at that time. If I if my memory is correct, showed up in the NHL, took a little bit of you know, a couple of years to get to where he needed to be, but then he ended up you know people forget he he's a former 50 goal scorer, 2010-2011. 50 goals in the NHL. Never hit it twice. Right? Never hit it twice. Kind of came down a little bit. You know, his last year in Dallas, a little bit more difficult. Then he went on. Sorry, last year in Anaheim, a little bit more difficult. Went on the Dallas was a good player. You know, did what he needed to do. Went to Montreal. Wasn't there to score points. Was there to, you know, play a role. Played it well. Let's say they were Tampa Bay this year. Look, he's not there to tear it up. He's, you know, the points aren't there, but hey. He's going to do what he needs to do, and that's all you can count on. But again, the Montreal Canadiens definitely have an issue. There's no problem with leaving Cole Caulfield in the, in, in the AHL. Let him stay there and just tear up the NHL. Tear up the AHL. Tear it up, kid. Beat every single bottom-tier goalie you can find. Shoot. Shoot the puck. That's what I want him to do. I want him to go to the AHL. And fire the puck a million times on goal. Just keep firing. Score goals. What 20-year-old kid doesn't want to score goals? Score them. 
So when you come back to the NHL, you don't go back twice. The goal is not to send him back again and then hurt his confidence again. This was probably, a you know, dings the morale a little bit if you're a player having to be sent to the AHL. The expectations are so high and, you you know, whether they should be or not, again, neither here nor there, but the expectations are high. You need to deliver. We traded all these players away. Some of them are hurt. Some of them need time off. This is your team. By the way, went to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. You got to help us get here. Everybody talking probably about, hey, man, you're the favorite to win rookie of the year. I mean, come on. It's tough to play in this city. Shelter him for a minute. Don't let him get out there and get run over by the media, by the fans. It's a tough city to play in Montreal. Let him go back, have a little bit of fun. He's 20 years old. He's not even in his prime yet. He's too good. He's too good of a player to only have one point this season in the NHL. Too good of a player. There's lots of time for him to get back to where he needs to be. Let him go work on his craft. Get back to the NHL. Dominate. There's room for him. Trust me. There's nobody else on those wings, man. I don't want him playing on the third line with nobody. I want him to play with Suzuki. I want to, Don't play with Jake Evans. God, stop with this. Jake Evans is a cheap version of Philip Deneau. He's the, he's the wish.com of Philip Deneau. And Philip Deneau is the wish.com of Patrice Bergeron. So imagine. I mean, shit, what is the wish version of wish? How cheap of a product is it? I love Jake Evans in the role that he is. He's a fourth-line center. That's what he is. Get over it. Get over it. That's what he is. You got holes down the middle because you let all those centermen walk. Your wingers are fine. They're fine. They're not elite. They are not elite. This is a scoring by committee team, and nobody is scoring right now. Problem, right? Problem. This isn't Jake Allen's fault, by the way. I know he got trashed. I know he got absolutely steamrolled by Islanders team. He's not the problem. Don't blame Jake Allen, by the way. He has been as good as he can be in the situation that he's in. Right? As good as he can be in the situation that he's in. So, it's not his fault. But you'll be fine, Cole. I know you don't listen to this podcast. It's not going to get to yours. But you're going to be fine. Don't worry. Tear up the AHL, kid. Don't worry about it. The city will be ready for you. Don't worry. I know you got to cross the bridge on the other side. Laval is nice. It's a nice place. They've developed it. I have friends who live there. I have friends who live past that. That's bad. Don't live past Laval. That's too far. Okay? Laval is fine. Go there. Have some fun. Work on the stuff that you can work on. Come back to the NHL. Torch goalies. And maybe by that time, Dominic Ducharme will figure it out. Give this kid an opportunity to succeed, man. Let him be the shooter on the power play. The kid can shoot the puck. Let him do it. I don't want him on the half wall. I want him on the bumper spot. I want him to be dinging one-timers. Connor McDavid spent the entire offseason working on his one-timer. The one player who doesn't need to be doing it. Imagine making an already 
elite Connor McDavid, even more elite. Cole Caulfield can one-timer the puck as good as some of the best. He really can. Give him the opportunity. He's going to be fine. Don't worry about this, Hassan. This isn't, look, this is a one step back for like 10 steps forward. Don't shit on the fact that he's going back. Some players needed it in order to propel their career. He can turn into a Max Pacioretty or he can turn into a Yasperi Kotkaniemi. That's it. And I'd much rather have him turn into a Max Pacioretty. I would. There you have it. That, ladies and gentlemen, the episode for this week. Thank you, as always, for hanging out with me. Much love. Definitely no episode next week. Okay, I will be in Las Vegas hanging out at Loot Fest. That's right. I'm going to watch Vegas play Minnesota on the Thursday. I'm excited to watch Minnesota. I'm excited to see Kirill Kaprasov, Kevin Fiala in person. It's going to be kind of cool. I'm excited to see a depleted Vegas Golden Knights team in person as well. But, I mean, hey. Neither here nor there. So definitely no episode on that Friday. So we'll probably be back with the one Friday after that. If you haven't already, make sure you follow the podcast on Twitter. Okay. At Slapshot Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at FuzzyGrace91. If you are listening to this from the YouTube channel, A, much love. Thank you very much. If you are there, make sure you hit the sub button. Ring the bell so you get notified when new content goes live to the YouTube. Man, I appreciate you guys watching it. Last video, last podcast on YouTube absolutely blew up. Thank you so much. For listening to it i appreciate you guys more than you'll ever know um but again thank you for taking the time to hang out with me this week i appreciate you guys and we will talk to each other in two weeks yeah. bye <laughs>